0: This episode is brought to you by my free training, the three legal and tax mistakes made by new and experienced business owners and how you can avoid them. Here's the thing, there's a few key things we've all gotta do to make sure we unfuck our biz. I've seen all the mistakes and I know how to help you get past them. So here's what I want you to do. Go to www.unfuckyourbiz.com, sign up for the free training, watch it, and do at least one of the homework assignments I share in the masterclass. Promise? Okay, now let's dive into the episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 86 of the Unfuck Your Biz podcast. As always, this is your host, Braden. And today I am joined by the one, the only, the multi talented, the fabulous Renee Dallow. How are you, Renee?
1: Hi, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that intro. When we had, yeah, when Natalie, when Natalie Frank did the road trip for Rising Tide Society, you should have heard the intro that I gave her. I think she was (laughs) like really embarrassed and mortified when she came up to the microphone at the end of it. It's like way over the top.
1: I'll take it. I'll take multi-talented. That makes me feel good. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. So we are going to talk about we're well. Really, we're going to talk about all sorts of things today, but mostly sure. we're going to talk about you and your business. What? My business. Which, Which one? The <laughs> we'll, well, both of them because we're we're going to talk about the journey. But you guys, everyone that's listening, Renee and I are going to be doing some talks. So this. I think same day. I think we're doing the same release date. We'll have mm-hmm. to coordinate. I'm going to be on Renee's podcast talking about myself, which is my favorite topic. And then Renee's talking about herself on my podcast. And uh, over the next couple of weeks, Renee and I both jointly are going to be talking a lot about passive and diversified income, how you can make more of it, and um, really just maybe light a spark under your ass to do something a little bit different in your business in the shit show of a year that we've had. Oh, man. Yeah. So in order to do that, I know I get questions all the time about Braden, how have you grown an education business? Braden, how do you launch courses? How do you have a membership? What are you doing? And I'm not even I'm I always say that I'm like half in the wedding industry. <laughs> you but are but Renee, yeah, Renee's like all the way in because Renee's a wedding planner. So correct. I'm gonna stop bearing the lead. And what we're gonna get to here is Renee, I kind of want you to start by just telling all of our lovely listeners who you are, what you do, and then from there we'll get more into your backstory.
1: Totally. So my name is Renee, as you said, Renee Dallow. Um, I live in Los Angeles. I'm a wedding planner, uh, first and foremost. That is my bread and butter. Although these days it's not my whole bread and butter. We can get into the percentages, but um, I'm a wedding planner. I'm also a wedding business educator and a podcast host. And uh, those are the three like labels I feel most comfortable with. I'm also like the president of WIPA and a community builder and sushi addict, wife, dog mom, but, you know, for these purposes, uh, wedding industry educator, I think, and, po- and podcast host are the two that we're probably going to talk about a little bit more.
0: Yes. Love that. So let, let's start with, when did you start your wedding planning business? 2013. Oh, okay. I I felt like it had been a little longer than that. So
1: technically, yes. So I planned my first wedding like 13 years ago, and I was working for a venue that had banquet spaces. And then all of my friends got engaged, and I ended up planning all of their weddings. But I was not an official business until 2013. In those interim years, I was like doing weddings for bartering. Like I remember I had a client, quote unquote client once, um, who worked for Crate and Barrel, and I didn't know what to charge anyone really, because I didn't think I had a real business. And so she said, well, you planned Elise's wedding. Will you help me plan mine? And I was like, sure. And she was like, well, what do you charge? And I was like, I don't really charge people. And she's like, well, Elise told me you needed a new couch and I work at Crate and Barrel. So why don't I just get you a couch? And I was like, that sounds fair. So up until a few years ago, I was still rocking that Crate and Barrel couch. And I know you're laughing, but like, I did not take it seriously for a really long time.
0: I'm just imagining it's kind of like we're back in the feudal system where everyone bartered <laughs> everything as like their form of income. And also I always I always laugh because it always takes me back to, to tax, of course. Everything always uh-huh. takes me back to federal income tax. My fave my favorite nerdy <laughs> class in law school, where we learned that um bar exchanges and bartering is technically taxable income. So back oh, well. to you guys. Sorry.
1: Sorry, everybody.
0: Yeah, well, Renee, you don't need to worry about that. You're probably already past the statute of limitations for I the IRS on the couch anyway. <laughs> um, okay, well, I love that. So you started planning, and then when did you... Well, let me ask you this. Once you kind of got a few years into your business, how did your business evolve? Like, who was your ideal client, I guess? Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit more of those nuts and bolts about your business.
1: So, at the beginning, I thought my ideal client was going to be sort of the offbeat bride, practical wedding kind of um, alternative couple. Like, I really thought that that's where my my niche would be because that's where my mindset always is. Like, I'm not a super conservative person. You know, I'm very liberal and my attitude is pretty laid back for a wedding planner. I don't have a lot of, um, I have a lot of strong feelings about etiquette, but not in the way that's like, what's proper. It's like, what's respectful of people, you know? And I think that um, having that mindset really at the beginning, it allowed me to work with couples who also had that same mindset of like, I don't really want to do things the way my parents want me to do them. And And that was who I worked with at the beginning. Um, but that never translated into like style, you know, like, if you look at me, I'm like, I shop at Ann Taylor. I have expensive handbags. Like I'm not an alternative looking person. I have no tattoos. I'm not pierced. Like I'm not the person that an alternative couple in that style way would go to and say like, you're my person. I look like everyone's like cool aunt, you know, (laughs) it's true. I know, I know what I look like. And, um, So over the years, my ideal client has definitely evolved. And also as I got more skilled and more confident in my business as a wedding planner, I was uh, raising my prices pretty regularly. And at a certain point, um, I outpriced myself from that ideal client. And so I had to do the work again. So uh, now these days, my ideal client, um, you know, I like to say my adult client really leans into the effortlessly elegant style of wedding. So it's like, it's very high end, but it doesn't look fussy at all. It's the kind of money where you can't tell that the money is not showy money. It's like understated money. Um, And almost all of my clients are in the entertainment industry. They're generally like producers and writers, like people um, below the line as we say, um, or they're actors. But uh, for the most part, it's creative people who just don't have the time and who are so enmeshed in other parts of their business and life that they don't have the time to organize this large scale event. And that's where I
0: come in. What does below the line mean? I have to ask. Oh,
1: like uh, uh, like entertainment industry-wise, like above the line are the actors, like anyone you see. And then below the line is all the people behind the scenes that you don't see. Like my husband's a producer, he's below the line.
0: Interesting. I always think, like, front stage and backstage. Yeah, it's definitely that. Yeah, whenever I hear those kind of terms, like, below the line, I'm like, I know that it has to historically, like, that phrase probably means something. Now I feel like I need to Google it.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure, and we could Google it, but I'm pretty sure it's back in the day when, like, uh, movies first started, when they would roll the credits. Uh, There was, like, the actors, and then the line of, like, the card that was, like, the Gone with the Wind title card, and then everyone below the card was Got below the it. line that's my understanding of it
0: okay i'm this is this is how i always get on side tangents on my podcast <laughs> by the way people and i try not to make them last too long uh, too long by the way though if you are really into film which i'm sure you are if you're in la um, yeah. i just recently discovered a youtube channel called be kind rewind their video essays on like oscar performances oh wow amazing like the highest quality content i've seen on youtube go check it out everyone it's great I will. totally unrelated to what we're talking about today <laughs> um and it's funny whenever i see like young when i say young i mean new youtubers who are like just fucking crushing it and have a million subscribers out of nowhere i always want to like email them and be like how are you monetizing your business let's yeah. talk
1: <laughs> let me help you yeah <laughs>
0: are a lot of people who are just like so so talented but they don't really think about that anyway but that's kind of what we're talking about it
1: is exactly what we're talking about today yes
0: okay so um you started raising your prices you got a new ideal client and at some point i'm sure you looked around and you're like this is amazing i'm fully booked i'm like making good money but like maybe i'm tired i don't know and that you want to do something else so tell us about that journey
1: Yeah. For me, it was a little bit different. It was, I was tired and I, uh, I overbooked myself my second year. So my first year I had eight clients. My second year I had 28, I think I I went, it went crazy, like very quickly. My business went from like, well, this is a cool hobby to like, oh shit, we're busy. Um, and so for me, I never had the impulse to, um, to like educate couples. Like that was never my, my direct line. I just didn't, I don't know. I just thought like, I still want to work one-on-one with my couples, but there came a point in time and this is, and it's funny that it happened this way. Cause this is advice I give people where someone had asked me to speak at an event. Uh, and by someone, I mean, Natalie Frank from Rising Tide <laughs> asked me to speak at an event. And, and I remember her email back to me was like, well, she, had, she was doing an event in LA and she said, we need speakers. Do you know anybody? And I sent her a list of like six names, none of which were me. And she wrote back, what about you? And I was like, I don't know what's happening here. What about me? And she's like, yeah, you should speak. And I was like, what would I speak on? She's like, whatever you want. And I was like, okay. And I remember looking at my husband and being like, I don't feel ready for this. And he's like, well, they think you're ready. And that's what I always tell people when they're thinking about education or they're thinking about moving into public speaking or a podcast or whatever. And I say like, sometimes the universe just gives you clues that you have to pay attention to. And I think that in invitation from Natalie was one of those clues, which leads me to the point, which is that's when I really realized that the people I wanted to be talking to more were other business owners, because I didn't come into this industry as a youngin. Like I entered the wedding industry when I was in my mid thirties. So I had already owned another business. I had already uh, worked at a venue for forever. I was a professional actor, which is like running your own business where you're the center of it all. It's very exhausting. So I had come into this with a lot of business experience and I saw all around me my fellow wedding pros just not making the best choices and and it really it bothered me because I was like oh there's so many different ways you could be doing this better let me help you <laughs> and th- nice. that's kind of where that grew out of
0: yeah whenever you tell me that you whenever you say that you started your business in your mid-30s I always forget that we're like not the same age and then I need yeah, to I'm get all of your old. skincare secrets from you <laughs>
1: Yeah, I turned 44 this year, but I'm not claiming it because this year is a shit show. So I feel like I'm not using this year. So I'm just going to stay 43 for a while.
0: I like it. I like it. I feel like for me... It's like I want to delete the year off the records, but it's also aged me three years. So I don't know. Yes,
1: so many more gray know, hairs this year. I don't know how
0: that works. Okay, <laughs> so you started speaking. So speaking was kind of your foray into the education space. And I know, like, now you do a lot of speaking, right? I mean, assuming I mean, that we have live events right now.
1: Even not. I mean, listen, through this quarantine, I've done, I've taught on my own, not, not collaborations. I have taught during this quarantine, 28 webinars. Jeez. Like, that's crazy. So yeah, public speaking is a huge part of my business now. And I pre-quarantine, I used to joke that if I could make a career out of it, I would, and I would just be a public speaker. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. Um, And that has sort of happened this year. But yeah, public speaking is like my jam. And that's the reason I have a podcast, too, because I like it.
0: Yeah, same. I'm like, people are going to give me money where I get to talk, and there's a captive audience that has to listen to me. Dream job. Yeah, sign me up. Sign me up. Okay. So really today we're also going to talk about courses because you and I are both course junkies. So you started speaking around what year, what year was that? And when did you create, what year did you create your first course in?
1: So years. Okay. So 2016, I think was my first speaking gig. Yeah. And then for a year, so for a year between that, so 2016, yeah, was rising, was, was a Tide Talk, which was the first one. And then in that next year, I got myself booked on a few different stages, like regional stages, like one of them was uh, the Let's Plan conference in Florida, that was 2017, Um, and then I got invited, invited, I auditioned, I forced my way in to see Shannon from Wedding MBA, and I made her watch me. (laughs) That's only a slight exaggeration from what actually happened, and um, (laughs) I really just, I really wanted it, you know, I really, and I'm an act, I used to be an actor, and I know how to I know how to get those things moving, right? So I was like, I'm, this is happening. So um, I went into audition for Shannon at Wedding MBA. And so uh, in the fall of 2017, I knew that I was going to be speaking at Wedding MBA in the fall of 2018. So I had a year lead up into what was inarguably the biggest speaking gig of my entire career. Um, And that first one was very important because if I didn't do well at that first one, I knew there wasn't going to be any future ones for me. So I have a speaking coach Alexia Vernon who I'm who I love out of Vegas uh, every year she does this intensive where we meet in Vegas and um, all of her all of her people we do like this weekend and in that weekend she was talking about how uh, when you give a, when you give us a talk, you know, you need to have a way for the audience to connect with you after that talk. If they want to continue, you know, working with you or knowing you, like you can't just give a 45 minute talk and be like, bye, because that's not how you're going to grow your business. And, and your, it's not going to, it's not how you're going to spread your message. Right. And at the time, um, and it's it's still my soapbox, but at the time it was, I was bringing the idea of um, wedding management and getting rid of day of coordination Um, as a terminology in the wedding industry. I'm still on that fight, but this was the beginning. And I knew that I couldn't teach everything that I had in me about this topic in 45 minutes. And so it was that weekend in Vegas where I was like, oh, I should create a course or something to go along with this talk because it's a natural progression of if you like what I have to say, if you believe in this philosophy, then here I'll, I'll teach you what I'm doing and you can do it too. So I couple a lot of the fierce females in my life, like I credit a lot of the fierce females in my life with, with uh, getting this idea sort of to coalesce in my brain because like I knew I was speaking, I knew I didn't have any way for people to connect with me. And then I was like, okay, well, it makes sense to create a course, although I had no idea how to create a course, but I had taken several courses. So I was like, I know that's, that's a thing people do, but I didn't know how.
0: So, you had your talk in fall of 2018 and i know you that you joined DCA in 2019 but so i was, was in
1: you... i was in amy's courses that convert and webinars that convert before then
0: okay so you'd already created your first course before you did DCA correct Got it. Okay. Love that. This is all making sense. I don't know why you guys, when I interview people on my podcast, I'm like writing their biography and feel like I need an exact chronological timeline, but that's just how my brain operates. No, it's it's
1: good. It's good. No, it makes sense. So basically I came home from that weekend in Vegas with my speaking coach and looked at my husband and was like, I'm going to create a course. And he was like, how? And I was like, I don't know. So (laughs) I have no idea. So I went to the internet and I was like, how do you create an online course? And um, I found a bunch of names and then I was talking to my friend Mindy, who used to be my co-host on a different podcast called Rock Your Wedding Biz. And I said, I have this idea. What do you think? And she's like, I think you need Amy Porterfield. And I was like, who is Amy Porterfield? Because for whatever reason, in that Google search, Amy did not, was not the first hit. Now, this was years ago. This was 2017. No, 2018. This was early 2018. And at the time, Amy did not have Digital Course Academy yet. She had two separate courses. One was called Courses That Convert, and one was called "Webinars That Convert. And you know, you know my personality. I was like, "Oh, there's a course called Courses that Convert. I need that." And I bought it immediately and was just like, "We're doing this now." And I just like dove right in. Um, and then I spent like seven months creating my course, like a long time. like I labored over that thing. <laughs>
0: Okay, so this was this was like the six months to a year before you had your talk because you're you wanted yeah. to have your course created before you did the talk.
1: Right, because my theory, and it was a good one, was that I was going to give this talk from the stage and I was going to launch it from the stage. Like you could, you weren't going to be able to get it before. I literally said, like, had my husband like at the computer being like live, like as I was on stage to be like, you can get it now, get this That's course, awesome. um, and it really worked. So. I created the course, not of course, not knowing if anyone was going to buy it. I had done a lot of, um, as Amy teaches, I had done a lot of um, calls with other wedding planners nationwide. So I had validated the concept; like I knew that people had interest in it, but I didn't know if they would purchase. You know, you just never know. It's it's pretty risky to launch your first course. I think Um, for me it was, but I'm someone who's pretty comfortable with risk. I'm okay with it. So I launched from the stage and I was nervous. Like, I was just like, ooh, because also there's a certain finesse to like giving a public speech and then at the end saying like, and if you want to continue to work with me, here's how. Like, that's the thing you have to get comfortable with, I think. But I did it okay for the first time.
0: That's good. Well, especially if your call to action is like, buy my thing, not sign up (laughs) for my free thing.
1: Right. It was definitely like, I have this thing. Who wants it? Um and by the time i got off stage so i got off stage and it was a very weird moment of like i got off these little you know these little stages with like at these conference centers right i walked down the little staircase and like 20 people came up to me and i was like hi hi, what is happening and i and i was happy to talk to everyone but i did not anticipate that reaction then i went out in the hallway and it happened again so as i got down the hallway and people were stopping to talk to me which was so great By the time I got to the end of the hallway, my husband was waiting with my phone and he had my phone, he goes, your phone is blowing up. And I was like, what? And I had sold seven courses in the time it took me to get off stage and walk down the hall. And then the rest of the day, it just kept happening. Like my phone just kept buzzing with like, ding, you've sold another course, ding. And I was like, what is this? Then I went, uh, that was like midweek, the next week, I did a bunch of webinars to support the course for everyone who wasn't at the conference, and we ended up having like a, a pretty strong five figure launch that first time. And again, Braden, I didn't know anyone was going to buy it, so th- those first seven, I was like, "Well, if that's all that happens." Like, rock on! And we ended up selling, four. we ended up selling close to fifty that first time.
0: Damn! How much was the course?
1: Uh, back then, it was four ninety seven. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a really, that's a really solid launch. Did you already have an email list at the time? No, I had nothing.
1: I had literally nothing.
0: So how were you, other than obviously call to action on the stage, you have an audience that you're promoting to then. But after that, when you went to do your webinars, who were you promoting the webinars to if you didn't have an email list? Facebook
1: groups of wedding planners.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Do you think that's still I feel like Facebook groups have really cracked down in the past 2 years I on have. like if and when you can share links? Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. But
1: at the at the time and I still am actually um, my good friend Amber runs the refine for wedding planners group. I'm an admin for that group. I've actually been a member of that group since like day 1 when the previous owner owned it. So like I'm an OG refiner. So and I help Amber run the group like logistically speaking. So um, Amber is always very kind as sort of, um, as a barter for that. She'll say like, you can post your links here. So, um, and also I think what happened was the people who were at Wedding MBA were posting about my talk and, and the concept of it. Cause it was new at the time. And so I, I was getting good word of mouth through that. Like I got a fair amount of emails to my website, to my Renee Dallow website, the education website being like, I heard you were at Wedding MBA. Like, where do I get the thing? Like, what's the thing?
0: <laughs> it was so very I interesting. it. They're like, I want to give you money. How do I give you money? And right. Like,
1: just- I heard you have a thing for sale that my friend is taking, and like, I I can't find it because back then my website was like a disaster. So I really sort of um, it was I went on a limb. Like I really just like this was an idea that I thought was worth spreading. I just went out on faith, thinking that like someone might want this, and um and yeah, we've we have hundreds of people in the wedding in the course now, and we've really been able to affect great change for those planners who have taken it to heart. Like last year at Wedding MBA. Um, I had one of my students come up to me like crying like you changed my business you changed my life I'm making so much more money now and then I cried. everybody cried Um, but it was great because when you when I started I certainly didn't think this would be the impact but I'm so grateful that it turned out that way
0: that's awesome and that is that course like still your bread and butter in your education business
1: uh, sort of, in, yes and no. I mean, this year has been so strange, so we haven't relaunched it because we're actually redoing it right now. We're in the process of re-recording it, and I'm actually adding a certification level to it. So everyone who goes to the course becomes a certified wedding management professional, um, which is a little bit of a, a complicated process. And so, and we're also adding some new modules um, because over the years, as my students have gone through it, um, it's been sort of, uh, wedding management is like a, a modified version of day of coordination, so it's a lesser service package yet. Clients who want it, they also sometimes want additional services like like um, design or like a full weekend. And so I'm putting together modules now about how to sell that appropriately so that you're still making money and you're not shortchanging yourself. Another yeah. component that we're adding, uh, we're relaunching it in November, again, the week of Wedding MBA. And one of the other components we're launching is a mentorship program. Like we're having like our former students come back in as, as mentors in the Facebook group and really sort of helping people. Ideally, what we were supposed to, what we want to do is have regional meetups but we don't know with COVID what's, what's going to happen as far as in-person stuff.
0: Interesting. So uh, love that. And Renee, I don't know if you remember this, but I actually interviewed you about wedding management back on my old podcast. Um, that podcast yes. like is out there in the internet somewhere. But I'm sure, Renee, you probably have much more comprehensive resources on mm-hmm. what wedding management actually is. So yeah, I will link to it. Yeah, I'll grab a couple links from Renee. If you are a wedding planner and you're listening, you're probably nodding your head like, "Uh uh-huh, yep, I understand I understand the course. I understand why people need that. I understand why Renee's money. If you're not a wedding planner and you're just curious to learn more about what that course is about, then you'll wanna go to these resources Renee's gonna share. Um, What I would like to also talk about though now is that was your first course Mm -hmm. and I know that you have a few different programs. So like what was the next step? What's the next thing you created and sold?
1: So the next thing I created and sold was actually this year, we created a mini course called Offboarding for Success. Uh, That kind of grew out of a, a talk I gave last year at Wedding MBA for Aisle Planner about offboarding and how so many times in the wedding industry, you know, we talk so much about onboarding, like onboarding, onboarding, get them to respect you, get them to know your boundaries. But then once the wedding's over, we're like, bye, and never talk to them again, like peace out. And that is not the way to get referrals. That's not the way to stay top of mind. That is not the way to grow a sustainable business. It's just not. I know we have this mindset in the wedding industry about how, like, you know, it's it's impossible to get repeat business from your wedding clients. Absolutely not. Like, I am proof of that all the time. And so we have a pretty strong offboarding sequence that we do, um, and we've been doing it for years. And I, it's one of those things that I didn't think was so special until I started teaching it, and people were like freaking out about it. That I was like once again this is something i'm going to put in a mini course because the thing about if you're listening and you're like i kind of want to get into education but i don't know how if there's anything in your business that people are wanting information about but it would be too taxing for you to go over one by one that's a course yeah that's why the offboarding mini course was born because i really think especially now in light of covid we don't have current clients, right? Like all of my 2020 weddings are gone, but I do have 2019 clients who still need attention, who still want to feel like I love them and, and, and value them. And of course I do. And it's easy to forget about our, our past clients, but the past clients are our most significant source of referral. You can't forget your past clients. And so if anything this year, I think the offboarding class is so essential because we have the time to invest in, in putting together the system so that you can serve your clients ongoing as the years go by future years, you know?
0: Totally. And the, the reason why I like to ask these specific questions about like the courses you've created is because you guys, spoiler alert, Renee and I are going uh, to pitch you about joining us um, for a masterclass we're going to do on how to get into education and really just yes. build more diversified income if you're interested. But a lot of the time people are always like, well, what am I going to teach about? And I'll talk to people and they're like, well, I'm a photographer. I'll just teach people how to start a photography business. And I'm like, Well, that sounds nice, but that's also like very vague and very general. And so I like to ask you these questions because I know that you've built your business like really focusing on very needed, but also pretty niche topics.
1: Super niche topics. We just launched uh, this week, earlier this week, we launched another mini course called Conquer Your Consult, which is specifically how to run your consult call. So they are only 30 minutes and they convert. And that also came out of, I teach a group coach program in a mastermind and my group coach girls were telling me that some of their consult calls were like an hour and a half long. What? No, absolutely not. And so these are super niche things, but these are also things that as wedding planners, we're not learning in school. Like I, I, I was a certified wedding planner. I went through a certification program. They didn't tell me how to run a consult call or how to offboard my clients. They didn't tell me any of that. They were like, here's how to plan a wedding. Peace out, right? And so we have to learn these things in the field, And that, I think, is the thing that um, separates education that is really impactful and brings people back to figure, like, to see what you're doing next. Because I get a lot of that comments, like, I'll buy anything you do, because they know I'm not bullshitting them. I'm only teaching things that I've had success with. Um, I don't try to teach things that I don't have an affinity for. Like, I'm never going to be like, let's talk about your client's budget. Like, I hate it. It's a, it's a, nas- it's a necessary evil part of my job to do a client budget, but I'm never going to, uh, I'm never going to educate on that. It's not anything I feel strongly about. So, um, although I do, like, I, I think it's hard when you're starting to get into education to think like, you know, what could I possibly teach? Right. Cause people have imposter syndrome and they have all these other things. The only thing I can say is I've, I've only ever had success when I've gotten super, super niche, super niche.
0: Yeah, and and it's actually interesting because my course is quite the opposite. Well, yeah. it, it's neat. It is niche. It's niche to creatives, but it's the topic is very broad. But my I would ask people, do you know of any other courses out there that will teach you how to form an LLC, draft your contracts, and create your cash flow specifically geared towards creative business owners? No. Renee's shaking her head. No. No. And that's why I created like this behemoth of a course. Whereas you have to look, like you have to look at the market. You have to look at what out there. You have to look at what your strategic advantage is. what's your superpower. All these kind of things. Yeah. And go like go from there. Where's what? Where's the gap, and what can you teach? So, love it. So you gave us three cor- basically three courses that you have. Are those all three of them, or are we are we missing anything?
1: Yeah, I have those three. Um, I have one in progress that is going to be released soon. Although. <laughs> Uh, it's called. It's about how to run a cer- a wedding ceremony. So many wedding planners are doing that in, wrong, and they're wasting their time, and they're squandering the goodwill of their clients. So uh, that was actually slated to come out last year. But uh, one of the one of the aspects of that course is that I had been filming my ceremony rehearsals with my real clients, and. Um, as you know, when you, when you film something with real people in real time in outdoor conditions, the audio sucks and I can't release it because I'm so OCD that I can't, I can't do it. And so I wanted to re record it and then COVID hit. So we haven't released that one yet because it's missing its final module. So that's coming soon, hopefully. Um, And then I I have some other stuff in the works. I don't don't know if I should talk about it, but yeah, we have a bunch of other stuff coming out. I don't want to commit to something and then have to be like, no, we can't do it because of COVID. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm kind of hesitant to I'm kind of hesitant to ask this question but I'm going to anyway because I have no self control. Um, I always am very very curious about business models as a whole. Yeah. So the way I've decided to build mine is basically I'm going to have this like one big course and I'm going to launch it over and over again until like everyone in the industry knows what it's called and t- can tell their friends about it. Sure. Whereas you now have a few courses and are thinking about adding a couple other ones. So what's your like broader strategy in your business as far as that goes
1: well my uh my strategy is that i want everyone in wedding management 101 that's what i want i want every single wedding planner i know to stop offering day of coordination and just learn the way i do it and just do it the way i do it um so that is that's why we're revamping the course and adding the certification and sort of making it gamifying it a little bit and making it more something that like oh you have a certification i want a certification um to sort of create that like that need you know, that like FOMO piece. Um, and then all the other mini courses, and they are mini courses, um, they've all been uh, created out of just what I've seen is needed in the market. So my my goal has always been to sort of, um, you know, serve at that high level for wedding management. And then these mini courses as just other ways for people to find me and, and, and know me and trust me so that they will they will opt into the wedding management course, which is a lot more hours and a bigger financial investment and all that stuff. So for me, I think of it more like um, all the mini courses sort of lead into get, taking the wedding management and sort of up leveling on a whole.
0: Oh, uh oh, I'm getting a phone call. There we go. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta turn that off. I don't know how that happened. I should, I should just That's turn my funny. phone off. Um, okay, awesome. So because I'm, I'm just thinking about you. You could bundle these all together and create like a $3,000, here's everything, everything you need to do to run your wedding business. Is that something that could be on the horizon or are you like, fuck that, that sounds terrible. That's like not my game Uh, plan.
1: It could be. I've gotten a lot of my students asking me to do like an overall wedding planning like big course, like a like a signature course, as Amy would call it. Because right now, wedding management is a spotlight, and everything else are these little are these mini courses. As far as I see it, we're using Amy terminology. This will make more sense to you if you come to our webinar. Um, but yeah, that that I've been asked for it, and um, I think I think maybe in the future I, I would be ready to do that. My hesitation was always that I knew how long it took me to create the wedding management course, and that took forever. Um, seemingly forever uh, until, of course, it's done. And then you're like, that was easy. Um, but I will say creating all these smaller courses has has like strengthened my skills as a course creator. And I'm much faster now. It's much easier for me to like get to my point, distill down the information, figure out how to teach it. Because there is a difference really between knowing what you know and knowing how to teach it to others like that is those are two different things and I think when I was creating money management it that learning curve was a lot harder for me and now I'm, I'm much more adept at it and that's one of the things that I will always credit Amy with in taking that course and and being uh under her you know under her leadership is that she really trains your brain to think like an educator as opposed to someone as just someone who knows how to do the thing
0: love it and that yeah. for Amy as well I do. And by the way, guys, we're constantly referencing her name's Amy Porterfield. (laughs) If you don't already know Amy, she's, I always call her the queen of online courses. Um, But Renee and I have both taken her programs and I agree. I actually, it's, it's kind of funny when I, whenever I see people selling courses nowadays, I actually will kind of like look and see who they learn from because after going through Amy's programs, like when I look back, I'm like, I don't know if and how I would have created my course without her step-by-step instruction? And like, Mm -hmm. would it have been a mess? And do I like even really trust in buying a course that was not created with that kind of guidance. I don't know if that's horrible or if it's valid. No, but... I
1: feel the same way because listen, every time we're asking someone to invest in us as online course creators, like these people might, not, people might not know us in person. They might not have never, they might have not ever seen me at a conference. So I'm just this person from on the internet, right? And they don't know what kind of quality they're getting. And so I kind of do the same thing. Like I sneak around and I'm like, who do you follow? Are you, are you an Amy? Are you an Amy? Because, because I know if you are an Amy student that at least I know you, you have access to the what I consider top quality information. Whether you've taken, implemented, or not is up to you. But um, I agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be as successful as I am, and I wouldn't have as many courses out, and I wouldn't have been able to affect any kind of change in other businesses' lives if I didn't have. If I hadn't learned from Amy.
0: Yeah, and they're like another reason I bring that up is because I've seen some pretty terrible stuff out there. I mean, people will create anything and call it a course, but like, really, courses should be results driven. There should be like your people should be able to walk away. And like with Renee, she said, like, she shared that story with the person who's like, your course changed my business. And ideally, I know, and I've talked to you enough about wedding management that I know that the idea is you're going to get more money out of your client, it's going to be less stressful, it's going to be a better service all the way around. So lots of benefits there. For me, mine's more just about like making people not feel sick to their stomach anymore when they have like a contractual dispute or they're worried yeah. that they don't have their LLC. So different for everyone. Um, okay, should we should we just get to the get uh, get to the masterclass here, Renee? Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, so Renee and I are going to be doing a masterclass on September 1st, right? Let me do, let's double check our calendar. Let's double check. You double check the calendar while I'm talking. So um, anyway, all you guys got to do is go to www.bradendrake.com forward slash income forward slash income because we love to talk about money. And the topic of this masterclass, the webinar, whatever we want to call it, is for new to you ways to make more income. So we are going to be talking a lot more about courses, but we'll also probably talk a little bit about memberships. I have a membership. Renee does not have a membership, but has done like membership adjacent kind of things. Correct. Um, We'll talk about affiliate income. We'll talk about, you know, scaling your business. Do you want to work with luxury clients? Is that a way that you're going to scale your money? Renee since you are a wedding professional and that's going to be most of our audience, why mm-hmm. do you think this is a particularly opportune time for people to come and sit in with us on this talk?
1: Oh my God. It's the perfect time. First of all, speaking of time, the webinar is Tuesday, September 1st. So just to, we were, you were right, Braden. Um, Nailed it. Here's the thing. 2020 has been F effing shit show. And, I'm going to share something with everyone and I don't want anyone to think that I'm like boasting or like this is some sort of weird like flex in this horrible year, but I will say this. When I added education to my business in 2018, I, obviously none of us could have seen this year coming, but as I had 14 weddings postponed and another three cancel, my income only went down by 8% overall this year because I have education. Because I have online courses, I have a you know templates, I have these mini courses, I have a mastermind, I have a group coach, I have cultivated this other side of my business so that when this pandemic hit and everyone started freaking out, my freakout was like minimal. And it's not to say it hasn't been a shitty year, of course, but I was able to persevere and persist through this year because I have alternate streams of income. And it's not anything that I really talked about before because it wasn't, it was something that kind of happened piece by piece organically. But now in this year, when you're looking at how am I going to make it through this year? How am I going to make sure this never happens to me again? That is a really strong motivator for me. Like how are we never going to be in this place again? That's enough to get me to any any webinar in the world that's going to help me um, move forward.
0: Love it. So this will be great for anyone who's like, I want to learn about passive and diversified income. Yep. Or if you've had in the back of your mind, like at some point, you if you know at some point they're going to run out of time to work with one-on-one clients and everyone has a ceiling, what I always like to talk about is how are we going to get past that ceiling? So there's several ways you can do it. There's not necessarily one right way. There's one way that Renee and I have really leaned into that we can educate on even more, but there are a few other ways as well. And that's what yeah. we're really going to be talking about. So- Exactly. Obviously, we'll talk about the disaster that's been this year, but we're all hoping that 2021 is going to be, it's going to be really wacky because some people are going to be performing services they've already been fully paid for. You're doing yep. new, some new services, but then hopefully in 2021, you'll be booking afresh for 2022. And then you'll be back yes. on track to say, with the growth of my business, am I going to need to pivot or scale in some manner to continue growing moving forward as well?
1: Totally. Now is the right time to start having these conversations with yourself and, and why not learn more about what is possible for you? Right. Um, there's just so much out there. There's so much opportunity that I think as wedding pros, sometimes we shut ourselves off on because so much of our identities are tied to what we do. Like I'm a wedding planner, I'm a wedding photographer. And it's like, okay, you might be a wedding photographer, but you also might be a teacher and you just might not know it yet.
0: Yes. Yeah. And and not so that everyone's not in the dark. ever. all of my listeners know my vibe, and they always know that a free masterclass always comes with a pitch at the end. Everyone knows this. All my people know this. <laughs> so, Renee and I were not we're not inviting you to this webinar to sell you into a twenty thousand dollars mastermind. We're no. not here to like hoodwink you into a cult. Like none no. of that's happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> but there will be a call to action at the end. Um, Our I always say our good friend, I like to pretend like we're best friends, our good friend Amy Porterfield, our best friend Amy Porterfield, is relaunching her program Digital Course Academy in just a few short weeks. And if you want to learn how to get into education, she's the person to teach you. Renee and I can give you a lot of information. We can help you brainstorm your topic, we can help you brainstorm like your niche, all these kind of things like Renee shared. But at the end of the day, that's the person you want to learn how to create a course from. And so our Our ask to you at the end of this webinar would be if you're thinking about creating a course you're gonna go sign up for Amy's masterclass where she's gonna teach you all the things and if you don't want to do that that's totally fine you can still sign up and come and learn about all the ways to increase your income with Renee and I. Was that a good wrap-up Renee? Did I do a good job? You really
1: did. I have nothing to add except come join us on the webinar because we're delightful and funny and you'll at least have a good time.
0: Yes. So www.bradendrake.com forward slash income. Go sign up right now. As soon as you sign up, you'll get a confirmation email. And then I want you to hop over to talk with Renee Dallow and you're going to listen to Renee interview me, which is also super fun. So So, fun. So fun. So that's all for today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed and have a great uh, Thursday and I will hear you over on the next podcast. Have a good one.